Hello everyone, it's your boy Migs here. Uh, back again with another episode of the Planet Pumas podcast. So as you guys know, yesterday uh, Pumas played against Tijuana, uh, the opening game of the season for them um, in Seoul. And, um, you know, let's go ahead and dive right in and talk about the game. So uh, the game ended 1-1, uh, Pumas tied against Tijuana. And uh, the lineup was uh, Julio Gonzalez is the goalkeeper, uh, Aldrete as the left back, uh, Galindo and Freire as the center backs, and then Pablo Benevendo as the right back. And then uh, Garcia off to the right-hand side, Meritao and Lopez in the center of midfield, and then Rubalcaba on the left-hand side, followed with uh, Dineno and Lil Prete up top. This was a game where Pumas had a lot of the possession, um, you know, had a lot of the ball, and Tijuana really just played on the counterattack. At times, it seemed like they were really okay with the with the draw uh but they but tijuana did score first uh they played in the ball behind uh the defense uh and which caught out galindo who was marking montesinos who scored the goal um but you know galindo got beat uh, on that on that uh, duel with him and um montesinos went into the penalty area and julio gonzalez fouled him and then montesino was awarded the penalty which he then scored um you know after that, uh, Pumas still continued to have a lot of the, the ball, had a few good shots. Um, one that sticks out to me was from Igor Meritao, who uh, let it fly from long distance and almost beat uh, Orozco. Uh, but Orozco was able to make a really good save, I feel. And then uh, Del Prete had a really good shot there towards the end of the first half where he did a bicycle kick, but it went into the hands of Orozco. And then for the second half, um, Diogo de Oliveira came in. And I believe he came in for Marco Garcia, who didn't have the best game on that uh, right flank. But anyway, uh, Diogo scored from a corner six minutes into the first into the second half, excuse me. And um, you know he did pretty well on that right hand side. Uh, but then further into the game, uh, Pumas was denied the opportunity of a penalty. Uh, I felt like it was a penalty, but uh, the referee went to go check VAR and they decided against it. So. Um, yeah, that happened, and then, you know, towards the closing of the game, Lidini made three uh, changes, Gutierrez came in for Del Prete, Tigros, I'm sorry, Tigos came in for, um, what was it, Igor Meritao, and then Navarro, who made his debut, uh, came in for Rubalcaba. Tijuana looked to have scored a second goal, but was it, was, it was disallowed for offside, and the game ended 1-1. So I'm going to give you guys the my opinions of the game. So starting off with the starting lineup, I really liked this lineup. I felt like, you know, we were missing a few uh, pieces to this puzzle, if you'll, if, if you'll say, you know. Um, I felt like Ortiz could have brought a little more security than Galindo, but overall not too bad on the defense. Uh, the really interesting part here is that Benevento started ahead of Jesus Rivas. Um, I would have thought that Jesus Rivas might have started again um, before Benevento. But that's Lini's choice. Uh, he didn't do too bad. He started off a little uh, tipsy, a little turvy, you know. But as the time went by, he was able to stabilize. And I think he did a pretty good job. Um, as for Aldrete, he was really solid. Like He has shown us the whole preseason, just a really solid signing. Um, you know, able to um, not give anything away on that left-hand side. And then um, in midfield, Meritao and Lopez, I felt like they did a pretty good job. I think Lopez was probably the best uh, player of the game. Um, he gave an assist as well. 
and he had 83% of accurate passes, and he had five key passes, which is really good. Um, yeah, I felt like he did really well. And then as a po- and then Igor Meritao also did really well, like I was saying. Um, he got a yellow, and so did Lopez, but um, Igor Meritao was a little was a little tipsy turvy too at times but he had 88 percent of accurate passing and then he had that one shot which was that from long range he let it fly and he did all right and then um you know on the right hand side marco garcia which isn't he's not typically a, a, a right winger but he's played there sometimes he didn't do the best of jabs i felt like he um he was kind of lost in the game at times i just don't really think that's the right flank is really the position for him so he didn't do a whole lot um hopefully we can see him in a more central area uh from now on but yeah when Igor, i'm not sorry when uh diogo came in he definitely did a little better on that right hand side and um was uh was trouble for those defenders back there i think he uh, diogo made a tunnel uh a while ago uh in the game and, and, and was able to beat his man which was really interesting and then moving on to rubalcaba I really rate this guy. I mean, he's really good. It's hard to believe that he was playing as an amateur in the United States not too long ago, and now he's a starter for the team here. But he's, I mean, he did what he wanted on that left-hand side. I mean, he beat his man a few times. He made it to the final third. Uh, he had a really good uh, run where he made it all the way to the penalty box and then passed to Dineno, and Dineno let it fly, and it went wide, which was unfortunate. But overall, a really, really good game from Rubalcaba. I really like him. Uh, hopefully, he's here to stay for a while and doesn't go off to Europe a little too soon or any other team for that matter. But uh, I feel like he could definitely be a player that is going to give the team a lot of happiness and a lot of joy. So, yeah, overall, really happy with him. And then Del Prete and Juan Dineno um, will go individually. So Del Prete, I felt that he played really well. Uh, he showed a lot of... Um, a lot of want, a lot of desire to um, be an important player. Uh, he almost scored a couple of times, but I, he's, he's a really interesting player to me. I really like him. Uh, hopefully, there's more to come. I felt like he played really well. Um, didn't score a goal, though, um, and then he came off in the second half. I'm assuming it's because of the um, the humidity in Seu and also the altitude. Probably he hasn't adjusted to that all the way yet. But anyway, uh, so then Juan Dineno didn't have the best of games, I felt. He missed a lot of opportunities, um, a couple clear opportunities as well. I, one that comes to mind was, um, I think, in the second half where Del Prete uh, passes to Dineno, who is um, in the penalty area, is under a, lo- a little bit of pressure from the defenders, but ultimately shoots it wide. Um, I felt like we definitely could have scored there. And then that um, that pass from Rubalcaba, I felt like Dineno could have done a little better there too, but not too bad. I mean, I'm sorry. He didn't do the greatest. I mean, I think last season in the Conca Champions, he was a uh, main scorer there. And then in the league, he didn't score a whole lot. I guess it's still the same this season. Um, hasn't been able to find the net in this game. I'm sure he'll probably find it eventually. Um, but really should have scored a couple times. But, you know, oh, well, we move. He's a really good player, and I'm sure he'll find the net soon enough. And then, um, like I said, there was a play where um, Pumas was denied a penalty. And I felt like that definitely should have been a penalty, um, not from the handball that was potentially looked at by VAR. Um, I felt like a little bit before that, uh, Nicolas Freire, I believe, centered that ball back into the area. 
and um, he was being tugged on and pulled on, which I felt like that definitely should have been a penalty. But ultimately, that play wasn't looked at, and um, they were looking at the play where uh, the defender heads it with his head, but it looked like he touched it with his hand. I'm not entirely sure what the criteria was for that because it looked like he had headed it first and then it was hand. I don't know exactly if that should have been ruled for handball, but regardless, it wasn't awarded. And I felt like the play before definitely should have been a penalty. And then that other play, looking at it at different angles, the one that they were uh, reviewing, that felt like it should have been a pen too, but it was a little dodgy. So, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but definitely for sure the play before Friday was being tugged on, and I felt like that should have been a penalty, but it wasn't. And um, this kind of gets into the uh, thing that some of these referees tend to have, um, you know, stinkers when they referee Pumas. It seems like we are always getting the short end of the stick with the refereeing decisions. Um, you know, last season, a lot of the times when, you know, it was a, a 50-50 uh, chance, you know, when um, when referees would go and, revi- and review the VAR decision. If it was against Pumas, most of the time, you know, we would get a red card. We get a penalty awarded against us and things like that. So I don't want to be too um, critical of the refereeing here because it might come off as whining or complaining. But I do feel like that is something that comes into play a lot when it comes to Pumas. And in particular, this game, I felt like there should have been a penalty awarded that wasn't. But, you know, we moved from there. Um, now, as far as the rest of the game went uh, throughout the uh, second half, you know, a whole lot of not a whole lot of anything happened. Uh, that goal that was disallowed uh, for Tijuana was ruled correctly. That was definitely offside. And, you know, I would have been disappointed if that would have been ruled as a legitimate goal. <laughs> but thankfully, it wasn't. And then the changes that Lini made, um, they were all right. Guti, I didn't get to see a whole lot because it was the um, the final 10 minutes of the game when Gutierrez, Trigos, and Navarro came in. But uh, they looked all right. I mean, like I said, I didn't see a whole lot. Uh, I think Navarro ended up getting a yellow card, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check that. Uh, yeah, he did. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I, I think he did all right. And I think Carlos Gutierrez did all right too. Trigos did okay. Uh, like I said, Trigos and um, Jose Navarro were came in in the 90th minute. And Diogo did really well coming in from the bench. I feel like he's definitely going to get a chance to start next game on that right-hand side, which is kind of weird. You know, you wouldn't expect someone with his physicality and his attributes to play so well off the wing but he actually does pretty good. So I'm sure that he'll probably play next game. Um, also to remind all of you that um, Salvio is in Mexico. He's uh, cleared for the medical. Um, he should be good to go next game against Leon. I'm not sure. But you know, he's another potential um, player that could start on the right hand or the left hand side. Uh, and he's not. It's not like he was off season or anything. I mean, he was playing for Boca Juniors when he came, so he's definitely game ready. He's in that rhythm. So, um, other than the altitude and maybe the humidity that tends to happen in Seoul on Sunday evenings, I'm sorry, not evenings, but afternoons, I think he might be ready to go. I don't. I think Lini might be a little wary of playing him right off the bat, but I think he could see some game time if everything goes well. I think he should be good to go though. Um. Uh, in other news, apart from the game, 
you know, like I said, it was an all right game. I'm sure there'll probably be more to come. I'm really hopeful for the season, so I think they'll Pumas will do just fine. Um, anyway, uh, the next game is against uh, Leon in Guanajuato, and that is going to be July 10th at around 8 o'clock in Mexico. Hoping we can play really well in that game. I'm not sure if Pumas will win. Leon is definitely a tough uh, opponent to beat. So we'll see. Um, and then uh, let's see what else we've got here. There was a, a really interesting uh, interview. Uh, I don't know if any of you had the chance to listen to it or if any of you could listen to it because it was in Spanish. But there was a really interesting uh, interview for, uh, for Lilini on Football Picante. Um, it was about an hour long. He said a lot of interesting things in that um, in that interview. I don't know if you can call it an interview, but he just basically sat down with a panel of hosts and, and they uh, talked about the team and other various topics. And um, I think he said a lot of interesting things. I don't know if any of you had a chance to listen to it or if any of you understand it, if since you're listening to this in English. But um, I did jot a few things that he said. And um, he talks about... Um, you know, one of the panelists asked him uh, if he, he if uh, Lilini thinks he made a mistake in going for both of the tournaments last season, being the the Mexican League and then the Concacaf Champions League. And uh, Lilini's answer was um, maybe it's possible that he made a mistake, um, but that the players, you know, the group of players that he has um, asked for him to um, fight for both tournaments, not to just. Um, go for one and let the other one slip. Uh, the group of players that he had at his disposal at the time, which is the whole team, um, asked him to fight for both. And um, he mentioned that if he were to go against that um, and try to convince them otherwise, it'd be difficult to motivate them the correct way. So the group asked for it, and they wanted to fight for both tournaments, and that's what he did. Um, I think that's interesting that the team wanted to fight for both. It shows a lot of... Uh, competitiveness and a lot of uh desire to win so i think it was the good idea to go for both uh just in case the other one didn't work out but as we both as we all know uh neither one ended up working out unfortunately um but uh he, he did say that maybe um if he could do it again or if, if he had the chance to do it next time uh maybe he would go for one tournament um, because you know we Pumas played a lot of games. Uh, Seattle was able to get five days rest, and Pumas had to play against Monterrey to classify for the repechaje. Um, but yeah, he talked about that, and then um, let's see what else did he, he says. Um, they did a few truth or false uh, segments, and one that sticks out to me was uh, where he was asked if it was true or false that he that Lilini misses working as a youth academy coach and which he says super true he says super true that he misses it um, because he feels more ad adept i think uh to um work in that position and be around that um environment uh, he feels more suited to work for that uh, department but at the same time he says you know he doesn't he misses it, but it's not to say that he would want to quit now as the head coach of Pumas and go back. Um, he just prefers that because he feels that he was he worked for that throughout his career, and he feels like he's built to do that a little better. And then uh, he mentioned, uh, uh, they talked a little bit about the, the project that they've got going on in Pumas, uh, which is basically um, you know youth debuting players and um, consolidating players and then you know shipping them out to other teams per, Primarily, hopefully, Europe, 
um, but not discarding shipping them off to other teams. Uh, Lenini spoke about the project a little bit. Uh, he was asked a question about it, and he says that um, whether or not this project continues with Lilini or without Lilini, uh, that we've got a few generational talents there down below coming through the ranks that can bring a lot of joy to the team. And I think I'd have to agree with him on that. I mean, you've got players like Miguel Carrion, um, Caicedo, um, you know, Rivas and Benevendo coming through, and then Navarro, Montejano. You've got a, there's a lot of interesting players that are coming through the inferior divisions that I feel that I feel are going to do a lot of good if given the uh, proper opportunity and handled well. And then you know he goes on to talk about the um, the biggest optic obstacle that he faces as a coach of Pumas, and he says that uh, winning the title is the biggest uh, obstacle that he has because the project deserves a title. Um, and to consult and to like you know to give the project more legitimacy, uh, a title is needed to you know kind of keep it moving and keep it going in the right direction. Uh, and then he speaks a little bit more about uh, young youth academies and uh, how Mexico handles the youth. Um, and he was asked if he thinks that um, that the Mexican teams or the Mexican youth, I should say, isn't up to standards to make the jump to Europe or be quality. And he responds with um, with saying that he's been a youth academy coach for various teams in Mexico um, and when he started uh, in Monarcas Morelia and onward, uh, he says that the quality's there, uh, there's a lot of good players there, um, it just needs to be uh, handled better, they need to play more. Um, they need to be uh, given advice and um, you know just handled better overall. But that the quality is there, and then he goes on to say that he, that he's seen um, youth players in, in inferior divisions for other teams play, and he thinks that some of those players could play in Pumas, maybe not be starters, but definitely fight for a potential starting spot, or even as uh, or even be on the bench for Pumas. So he had a lot of interesting things to say, but really, that's the only things that I felt the significance to um, to comment on. Um, you know, if you guys want to see the whole interview, I think it might be on the ESPN, po- uh, not podcast, sorry, uh, on the ESPN website, um, or just go to Football Picante or just type it in YouTube and you'll probably find the hour long uh, interview there. Um, but that's all I have for you guys today. Um, hopefully we win the next game and, um, it goes better for us and hopefully Salvio gets some minutes. Um, I'm sure it'll go well. But yeah, uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, uh, Planet Pumas, and um, subscribe to the podcast if you're new and give us a review on Spotify and Apple. We are available on both of those and I'll probably see you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Peace.